head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot. And I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 231 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Jim Royal of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we talk about a f- busy fucking weekend in the world of mixed martial arts, there was a UFC card, there was a PFL card, there was a Ryzen card, there was a Cage Warriors card, there was a One Championship card, I've seen a good percentage of those, so we'll, we'll talk about them and discuss it and everything like that, Graham, how was your weekend, no soccer this weekend, apart from the international side, well, sounds great, yeah, well, you, you, there was pretty much no uh, soccer going on in that Ireland match either, so, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah God almighty, between Man, United, between Man United and Ireland, I watched some fucking who's worse soccer. who's worse Jesus. <laughs> who's Man, more yeah. depressing the least you expected from Ireland yeah, for like yeah. your whole life <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say yeah like Ireland that's what Ireland are I suppose that's what Man United are as well but you know at least we've never the Ireland way dire yeah. dire football <laughs> that's useless it's funny Connolly comes on and kicks two uh, two two fucking shit shots and everyone's like he's the saviour he's the and he is yeah but he's <laughs> My dog's not happy with that comment. No, they not. But, uh, <laughs> but now at least he's like, you know, getting in positions. Even though he did fluff the chances, it did seem like, like there was there was more um, there was more intelligence going on there than, than maybe uh, the guy who started. But either way, like you know, I, I, we need to see a lot more from Connolly before he we, we anoint him the the savior. I think, but yeah. definitely more positive than McGoldrick and. <laughs> Kenny and all these other boys. Yeah, just, he's too small though to play. So like the way we play, just lashing long balls. Sure, he's better. Sure, can you name a Man United player that would score two goals against Spurs? Like, come on. Uh, there's probably one. <laughs> I don't know. Rashford. I don't know. Rashford in 2017 or something. yeah, I don't know. No, Man United shit. But we'll maybe we'll talk another bit about uh, soccer at the end of the podcast. Good idea. Hey, all right, let's get into uh, the UFC first of all, and I have to talk about. I have to talk about Crow and Gracie versus Cub Swanson first up here because I feel there there seems to be a little bit of an attachment to jujitsu here, and you know maybe people would say the opposite about me, but I I I don't you know I I kind of take the piss about it stuff sometimes, but I I I don't have an anti jujitsu thing. You know people might think that, but I have an anti like one dimensional thing. I was thinking about it last night, right? And you can break down MMA at, at the very simplest root of it you know you, you know you can talk about all different parts of MMA and all different little things and you know but you can break, break it down to three things you can break it down to wrestling striking and jiu-jitsu right and you have to have at least two of them to be a very good fighter and you have to have three of them to be great right so you take take any fighter in history like the, the best fighter ever Demetrius Johnson brilliant wrestling brilliant jiu-jitsu brilliant striking John Jones brilliant wrestling Brilliant, good submissions, good jiu-jitsu, uh, and, and brilliant striking as well. You look at, you know, any other fight, fighters throughout history, whoever you want, you know, pick out, you know, Conor McGregor, uh, brilliant striking, okay, ta- good takedown defense, okay jiu-jitsu as well. He'll, you know, he'll keep going with it. You can't be absolutely useless at one thing. You can't be absolutely useless at two things, especially, and get away with it. You look at Crone Gracie. And he's obviously a brilliant jiu-jitsu player. One of the best in the world. You know, probably the best in the world. A lot of people can talk about it, you know, instead of me. Absolutely no takedowns. Can't cut off the cage. No good in the clinch. And zero striking. Like, people look at last night and say, oh, he did well with Cubs once, he went three rounds in defeat. He just, he's a great chin. No doubt about it. He got absolutely mullered. It, do you know what it looked like? And this might sound harsh, but it's it's true. He looked like do you know one of those Aikido teachers, those Aikido masters going into like a real gym and getting the shit beat out of him. That's what he looked like. That's how like this fight. This was bad matchmaking, I think, because this was obvious coming in that he was going to get smashed. Like he always had the chance to get him down and get a submission, 
But, Crowley but, but like, was, if if he had a fault with that, like, you know, most jiu-jitsu guys who are just jiu-jitsu go in and they're relentless trying to get the takedowns or trying to get underneath. Or, you think he's too he's too happy? He thinks, oh, I can... He's training with the Diaz. He's just like, I'm going to walk forward and take these punches and put the pressure on. Do you think, like, with a better strategy there, he, he has a much better chance of winning that fight? No, I think with a better... Uh, with better ability, he's a much better chance of winning that fight. Like... Cub Swanson, I, I, anyone listened to the podcast last night, I said it, or last week, Cub Swanson, if he can jab and go around and uh, circle around the cage and get away from him, he'll win the fight easily. And that's exactly what happened. But the, the weirdest thing about that is, right, Cub Swanson did that for a round and a half. And then he got really tired. And then he was clinching with Crone. He was getting right up alongside him. He wasn't circling. And Crone still didn't have the ability to take him down. You know what? He he went he pulled guard a couple of times. He went for a couple of takedowns. Tried to push him against the cage. He just does not have the ability. He just doesn't have jujitsu alone is not enough. And this this is weird because this is like you know that what's what's that thing? It's like uh, uh, when you break it down to like absurdity to get your example <laughs> across so much. And this is like the gods have sent me this about the whole jujitsu thing. Like, and there's a thing is about jujitsu as well that. I'll ask this question to you. Maybe it's an unfair question to ask, but can you name one jiu-jitsu player in the world right now or over the last couple of years who has excelled at their craft using wrestling? Can you know any? Is there anyone jiu-jitsu player that at the very, very top level in MMA that goes out there, takes lads down and submits them? Damien Maya? Yeah, but, yeah, okay, he's done not for a good while, though. That was the one example I could think of. But he's lost a good few over the last uh, over yeah, He's the last about few 40 years. years old now, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. But if you think about it, right, all, all the top save, submission... But if Khan goes in there, Crone or whatever his name is, goes in there mm-hmm. and and has a Damian Maya-type game plan, like Dam- Damian Maya has better takedowns in the last few years than he did it's at the start the of his UFC career. It's the ability. But, like, I know, but like, look at Dam- Damian Maya literally had no striking whatsoever and no takedowns whatsoever when he first came into the UFC but he just kind of creates scrambles just using his jiu-jitsu and his relentlessness to try and get it down mm-hmm. but yeah. Kron just seemed happy to like Damian was not happy to be on the feet for a second he was always looking to set up some kind of takedown <laughs> like you know Kron needs like I think if Kron was to fight like that he'd have a much better chance of winning I'm not saying he, he would win because he did look absolutely terrible on the feet mm-hmm. even though you look at Cub Swanson's face you might think differently but uh, I think that was just that was just Cub was Cub was just comfortable, you know. He he was happy to be on the feet as long as it wasn't on the ground. He was happy. That was that was it. But for for Kron, he needed to be flat out trying to get that clinched up uh, in a in a jujitsu sense and or to the ground, and he just didn't have that urgency. I just think he was completely be- and he didn't bewildered have, by someone. Yeah, who had he didn't the have the cardio, plan. and he didn't have he, he didn't have the striking, and he he didn't have the game plan. But it's it's so easy to beat a guy like Kron Gracie because he's like. He is so utterly one-dimensional. People might think this is absurd, but he's like if you if you got Floyd Mayweather and put him in an MMA fight. That's what he's like. That's how like imagine how easy it'd be uh, it'd be to beat Floyd Mayweather in an MMA fight. You just go in and take him down. It's the same for Crown Grace. You just go in and don't let him take you down. Don't let him get to the ground. Like I, I thought Alex Caceres would have beaten him if he was anywhere smart. He would have beaten him at all because like Crone is no good. Like people need to realize this. If and not, I'm not saying he never will be. Like Floyd Mayweather. Imagine if Floyd Mayweather went in and he got an unbelievable takedown defense and he was able to check kicks and he started kicking himself. Imagine how unbelievable he'd be because he'd he'd his hands are so good. Like he'd be the best fighter in the world. He'd be brilliant. But he has to add those things before he'd be that. Otherwise, he's absolutely worthless and useless. And he would anyone would beat him in an MMA fight. It's the same with Crone Gracie. Unless he adds takedowns, unless he adds striking, unless he adds everything you need in MMA, he's no good. He'll never get anywhere. And this is the exact situation he's in right now. He can do it. He has If he takes a few years and he learns how to strike and he learns wrestling or whatever, he can do it. But I, I really think my, my question earlier on to you about wrestle, uh, jiu-jitsu players and wrestling and getting guys to the ground. I think striking is a better uh, method for jiu-jitsu players. If you look at over the last few years, Jacare, not the greatest wrestler in the world, but he strikes, throws really hard strikes and gets to the fight to the ground, sometimes using that. Verdum, you know, pulling guard by throwing strikes, acting like he's getting knocked out, pulling lads into his guard, throwing big shots. 
Brian Ortega throws big shots, goes wild, there's no problem getting it to the ground. Tony Ferguson as well does the same, although he's more of a striker as well. I really think striking is a better way to get the fight to the ground than ju- than wrestling for jiu-jitsu guys like that, because, I, I don't know why, but that's kind of the way it's been over now. You can look at... You know, you can look at people lower down from the you know top twenty out, and it's different. There's, there's definitely lads who get takedowns and pull guards and win by jiu-jitsu. But at the very, very top level, which Cobb Swanson is coming towards, you know, there's he's not the best fighter in the world, but he's top fifteen, top ten in anyone's book. And against guys like that, you just you know, this, this you you have to be a well-rounded fighter. And just Crown Gracie isn't that yet. But look. <coughs> I suppose, you know, I've complained about it enough. You have to give credit to him, though, for his chin. And we'll talk about McKinsey Dern later on as well. That ability to fight and that ability to get through that and to be strong and never give up is something a lot of people don't have. And the fact that he has that is another string to his bow that if he gets these, uh, you know, these improvements, if he learns how to strike, if he learns how to wrestle, he can become a great fighter because he has that fight in him and he has, you know, the backing of his, you know, his father and the lineage and everything like that. But I think the, I, I, I don't think the Diaz camp is the be- best camp in the world for him, to be honest. I think he'd be better off going to another camp and learning a, a different way. Um, But he, he can do it. He Will he do it? I don't think he will. But he, he definitely can do it. And for Cub Swanson, you know, a lot of people wrote him off going into this fight. I thought it was one of the most absurd betting lines I've ever seen in a fight. That, uh, you know, someone so utterly one-dimensional was uh, a favourite over someone who's been a really, really good MMA fighter for years. And Cub Swanson yeah, I, just showed that, like, he didn't he? Well, well I thought I thought Cub uh, probably was going to get a submission. Uh just because Cub Swanson's been on such a bad slide and I, I never really rated him that high and uh, I, like I don't know anything about jiu-jitsu competition but you'd hear you'd heard so much about uh Cron and I just uh, I just or Cron or whatever the fuck his name is which is it actually Cron I think I, I hear people saying it opposite all the time cuz his nickname is Ice Cream Cron so if it was Cron it wouldn't be Ice Cream Cron would it Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know uh, but um I I I I yeah I just thought Cub Swanson's kind of was never that re- was never t- that good and it's kind of on a slide, but he, he definitely showed that he's just a, a different class to uh, to Crown. Yeah, he definitely is. He definitely look. I, I wouldn't mind seeing. I I, I hope Crown gets another <laughs> another few fighters, another few fights in the UFC. Gives him time to improve. I hope he does improve. Give him give him Ryan Hall. That that's a fun fight for me. Ryan Hall will probably destroy him on defeat as well because he's able to fight and defeat and he is. Um, he is uh, a good game planner, but he might take it to the ground and try his uh, try it out with Cron as well. So let's see, let's see that fight. And let's see how it goes. But yeah, look, hopefully Cron can improve, uh, but I doubt it. Hopefully, if Live Mauer come into MMA and uh, learn how to do takedowns and stop takedowns and stuff as well. But. Ah, there you go. Anyway, right, the main event: Joanny and Jacek versus Michelle Watterson. Um, this was <laughs> there's such a developers about this. These top two fights, isn't there? Just total and utter mismatches. Uh, Ioanni and Jacek went in there, won all five rounds easily. Just it was a big sistering, really. She went in and she just went forward. Uh, Michelle Watterson tried to get a couple of clinches, and Ioanna just destroyed her in the clinch. Landed big elbows, cut her up, uh, broke her nose. It looked like at one stage it was spouting blood all over the place. Just went forward and really made it look easy, didn't she? Yeah, well, pretty much, except for the, the kind of scramble or the kind of the scramble that led to Waterson taking her back and fishing for a rear naked choke. But Joanna kind of stayed calm and stood up against the cage and just kind of weathered the storm a little bit. Obviously, uh, Waterson's very good in, in the scramble and very dangerous, but she she just got she just couldn't get past the strikes. It was just too relentless. It was it was body, legs, head combinations, just relentless. Like. A, I think it was over they said at one stage it was over 200 strikes landed and over 300 thrown I don't know what the, the ending stat was but it was just a couldn't couldn't live up to the pressure she obviously t- took some d- the damage well and stayed in there she's she shown again that she's tough but I think it was just a golfing class yeah it definitely was look we talked last week about Joanna and Jacek and we said that the game had kind of passed her by a little bit um, and it it that comment maybe we should have explained a little bit more because the game has passed her by, but only for about three people. <laughs> it's very few. If you look at Valentina, but it's Schinker. more that the Muay Thai style that she has yeah. is kind of 
not as dominant as it used to be. No, but people are kind of figured out ways around it. Yeah, but it'll still be the majority of people, won't it? Like, you know, w- would she beat Jessica Andrade? She was just a title uh, holder. Now she probably still would. Like she just beat <coughs> Michelle Watterson, who's one of the top contenders. Uh, would she beat Rose Namajunas? Probably not. Would she beat uh, Valentina Shevchenko? Probably not. Would she beat uh, Zhang Weili? I don't know. It's an interesting fight. I really like to see it. Um, it's hard to know. It's hard to know what level she's at. Really, um, yeah. we kind of know where Joanna is, but uh, <laughs> Joanna obviously had kind of aspirations of. of being a double champion and so I think that's gone now but she's still like you know obviously they're hefty hefty goals like and yeah. not everybody can reach them but it doesn't doesn't not make her a, a really top upper echelon fighter and a, a, like if she was to recapture the belt I wouldn't be surprised yeah you've gone full fucking Conor McGregor Shilly in there fuck's sake Rob was that it never liked you but uh, <coughs> yeah I, I love <laughs> the thing about you Anna, Daniel Cormier uh, who me <laughs> oh Daniel Cormier oh yeah Amanda Nunes show. <clears throat> but um, someone someone said, uh, you know, one, one of the big Yoani and Jacek, so I think it was a switch kick, um, said, did it, was there any changes last night to see her maybe getting a bit, little bit uh, more in, intertwined with the modern day fighting? And there was a bit, because, you know, I, I think they said in, in the tweet even to, you know, the switching of stances and things, uh, more inclined to be in the clinch herself. Now, Yinjecic always had a very, very good clinch, but usually it was people clinching her, trying to take her down. Uh, and, now, don't get me wrong, she's always kind of beat people up from the clinch, but I thought last night she was more inclined to actually use the clinch <coughs> herself, use it to her advantage, um, actually attack from the clinch rather than just defend and use her shots to defend and, and get out. Now, you know, that's a bit harsh, but it's it's... It's it's a small thing, I think, that she was more decisive in that clinch. Her striking, as you know, the, the switching of stances, um, her ability to cut off the cage is absolutely fantastic always. Um, but against someone who like Watterson, who's really really small, uh, who throws like the thing about Watterson throwing those front kicks that never ever catch anyone. I don't, you know, they probably caught one one or two people. But, uh, you know, she probably threw 30 or 40 of those fun kicks last night, which must sap your energy and just do absolutely nothing. You know, Holly Holm does it as well. Uh, and it's a, you know, it's a Jan- Jackson Wink thing to, to keep the distance and things. But when you're a small fighter like Michelle Watson fighting someone who's much bigger than you, <clears throat> like you, Annie and Jacek, I think those kicks really, really don't help at all. And they're just going to make you more tired and things. But, you know, that, that, um, attempt to keep long distance and the attempt to circle against Ian Jacek was just no good like if you look at that fight in the first couple of rounds and the first round especially you'll see Watson trying to circle and trying her best to get out and Michelle um Yoni and Jacek doing a great job of cutting off the cage like look at Crohn against uh Cobb Cobb was circling Crohn couldn't cut him off that's the difference Yoni and Jacek cut her off but then you look at like the fourth round and there's absolutely no attempts to circle because she just realizes there's there's a time in fights uh, when you're someone who circles like that and just the person you're fighting is so good at cutting off the cage that you just have to go and fight him front and back right in the middle of the octagon. And that was what Michelle Watterson was found with during that fight. Uh, and when you're found in that situation against Yoani and Jacek, you're, you're screwed, you know, unless you're... Valentina Shevchenko, even Valentina Shevchenko, she has the ability to circle away uh, and, you know, do different things to get away from you and Ian Jacek, which, you know, gets her to win. And same with Rosanam Yunus uh, for, for different reasons, maybe. But, uh, you know, you as you said there, Ian Jacek came through the fire a couple of times when uh, Michelle Watterson did very well to get in her back from those scrambles. Uh, the first attempt, I thought, for a few seconds was close, but uh, Ian Jacek pried her off pretty quickly. Uh, and Indian Jacek broke her foot. It looked like in the four in the four round, I think it was, um, but uh, but kept coming, you know, kept going, kept throwing her right leg after that, and uh, did uh, did pretty well to win the fight. Um, what did you think about Ian Jacek? You know, during the week there was a lot of uh, reports that came out saying that she didn't really uh, think she could make the weight, and then Watterson said she didn't want to fight at a catch weight. Um, you know, and then obviously, um, you want Ian Jacek made the weight. Do you think like she has a future? She'll keep fighting at one fifteen, and maybe she'll get a title shot now, or do you think she'll go back up to one twenty five? Um, 
Yeah, well, I think she's she's probably better off staying at one one fifteen. Like, if the weight isn't isn't a bigger that big a problem, like she made it this time and she's made it most of the times, but um, it's not it's not a good sign when when it's coming out that you want to catch weight and so far out. Um, and she had like I think she I can't remember the name, but she uh, blamed her nutrition weight cutting people, and maybe it wasn't as big a problem as it's been made out to be, and um. She's she's a she's a very good professional and made it in the end. So uh, if 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 she wants to say at one fifteen, um, if she says at one fifteen, I'm sure she's confident she can make the weight. But I don't know. As you get older, it's, I think it gets harder to cut weight, and um, the the more you the, the more times you cut weight as well, maybe maybe that takes an effect on your body as well. So maybe for her long term fighting career, she's better moving up. But I think she will stay at 115 and make a run at the title. Yeah, she'll look, she'll probably end up getting a title shot now after this, I'd say. Um, and I, I really look forward to that fight. I think it'll be very, very good. You know, she won this one. She won against Michelle Watt or against Tisha Torres, I think, actually, in her last 115 pound fight as well after fighting Shevchenko in, in between. So that's probably enough to get her a title shot here when there's no one really else sticking out. And Rosalami Yunus hasn't really been around. You know, she'd probably be the obvious one, obviously, after beating Joanna twice, but. I don't know what the crack with her is at the moment, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that one. Uh, all right, elsewhere in the cards, uh, Nico Price got an unbelievable uh, upkick okay. KO over uh, James Vick. What do you think of that one? It's old school, wasn't it? It was class. Yeah, yeah, upkicks. Um, they, they used to be more prominent, but definitely not now. I think in in the Gracie fight as well, he was he was trying them, but it's 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 very rare these days that that you get a finish but obviously Nico Price did and it was looking hairy for him at the at the moment that he did as well like it was a it was a good fight up until that point but it looked like looked like he was kind of in trouble there and then just out of nowhere he, I kind of like you used to look out for the upkicks but now they're, they're so kind of ineffective usually that you don't really you don't really even consider them anymore but obviously yeah they're look it's it's a, obviously a low percentage I suppose shot but when when it lands it, it looks great and for for um, Nico Price it's uh, you know it's one of those things where he has he was the one who got that KO with the hammer fist from the bottom as well so obviously he works on that for you know a lot and he's you know it was Bisping, Bisping who we must talk about later on remind me again because Bisping was, was fantastic but he um he said to Bisping that he, he this is a fight you know the, the fuck technique fuck everything like that this is a this is a fight you you're going in there to knock someone out and you know there's obviously lots of technique we we saw that in a few of the fights last night but he's right in an essence too if you see that opportunity and you take it you have to have your ability to take it you know uh, to take the opportunity and if you do that's obviously going to be huge so if you can add those two things together where it's you've kind of the raw ability to knock someone out with the technique to get there it's it's you're onto a winner so uh you know good stuff from from nico price but a few people asked about uh james vick and i saw eric campbell there was one of the questions should you know does james vick need to need to retire uh i think retire is is a bit much i think james vick he was just on he just what was a couple of fights there he was on a big winning streak and he he was doing pretty well like and it was a back and forth fight he was doing pretty well in that fight until he until he got caught so i don't think it's a bit early for that yeah so his his last four fights have lost obviously nico price dan hooker paul felder and justin gaethje those are four tough enough fights to be honest um I, I still think James Vick is a good fighter. Maybe he he's the type type of lad who could benefit from going away to Bellator and having a few handier fights and then building his way back up. Uh, it'd be tough to get that in the UFC, but maybe they'll give him one more. I still think James Vick is a good fighter. Like you know the way he beat Joseph Duffy, the way he beat Francisco Trinaldo, Paulo Reyes. He's some good wins uh, behind him, but. Yeah, when you you know when you're getting hit like that and knocked out over and over again, yeah, it's these it's stock tough. divisions and stuff like especially 155 in the UFC is so so full of uh, talent and you can easily go on a big winning streak, but you can easily be yeah. very quickly become on a big losing streak. That's exactly, yeah. it's tough. It's really tough. But um, Amanda Hebastin and <clears throat> McKinsey Dern was was the next fight up and um, it doesn't work, is it? Did you see it doesn't work? <laughs> to, 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 this one to me was a bit disappointing in terms of you know my uh, my claim that jiu-jitsu doesn't work because mckinsey darren had shown a lot of improvements in her last couple of fights you know she obviously she still isn't there but uh there was an obvious maybe not regression but 
she was beaten handily on the feet here. This is, you know, for someone had a baby four months ago, like, <laughs> four months ago she had a baby and she's coming back in here finding someone as good as Amanda Hibas. I, I, you can almost write this loss off, I think, honestly. You know, this she looked good in her last fight. Her her striking was improved an awful lot. You know, her striking looked horrendous in this, but how how much was she striking over the last year? Yeah, like, but her jiu-jitsu as well. How did her, do you think her jiu-jitsu looked? Um, well, every time... There was, there was one scramble where she kind of could have got the back and you, you'd expect somebody yeah. who's powered so highly at jiu-jitsu um, to... to at least make a better attempt at, at not ending up on her back with her inner guard. Yeah, there was at one stage definitely. I thought, oh, this is her opportunity, and she didn't get it. But she kind of slipped off towards the end of the round as well. So maybe she was a little bit too hurried. But I think Hebas did a good job of getting right down on top of her chest on chest that when it went to the ground and just gave her no opportunity to move or anything. You know, it was probably yellow character territory if you're back in Pride in the day. But um. Yeah, there was there was I think there was only one opportunity, but other than that, you know, he was absolutely jabbed her up. Um, her, you know, it was it was Edmund Tarverian um, shades of him with with the head movement, kind of <laughs> looking at looking at this fight. It's like, come on, move your head, just do something. And she just wasn't. She was definitely better in her last fight. Her jabbing was better in her last fight. Her one twos were better. She knocked Amanda Cooper down, but she just looked completely off in this. Um, whether that's a complete regression or whether it's her not having trained or much it's over the last year. Thing as well, like, you know, yeah. Reba's just being better than her. She is, she is definitely better than her, I think. Even if she didn't have the baby and she, you know, she was still in this fight, I think she Reba's probably still would have won. But there was, watch the la- her last fight against Amanda Cooper, there was definitely signs of progression in that and, I, I, you know, I wouldn't hold this against her to be honest. I'm looking forward to seeing what she looks like next. If she looks like this again in her next fight, then you can start worrying. I think, but um, yeah, there was there was definitely issues there. All right, but uh, good win for Amanda Hibas. Uh, Matt Frivola versus Luis Pena. A lot of people calling this a robbery. I thought it was very, very close, to be honest. Um, that knee, he took that pretty well, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, fucking animal. This was really one of those fights where it's like the, it's funny where it's like the artist in, in uh, Bob Ross um, with his lovely movement, his smooth shots, everything he did was just really smooth against a guy like Frivola who will just come forward like a juggernaut and go at you. And this was... This was lovely MMA. It was a lovely mesh-up of styles. The, the smooth uh, guy who tries to throw all his technique. Against a guy with good technique, no, no doubt about it. But who was, I'm winning this fucking fight. You're not taking this fight away from me. And it turned out like that. It was a very, very close fight. Um, you know, I'd have to watch it back again to, to see exactly who won it. But I, I thought it was... You couldn't complain. And Luis Pena did complain after, obviously, a split decision. But uh, there you go. Uh, Eric Anders and Gerald Gerald Merchart, a very very close fight. I thought Merchart might have just done enough. Um, yeah, I did too. Yeah, uh, yeah. just I, with I, the, the body shot at the end of the second, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, rocking him and, uh, to the head at the end of the third. I thought did enough to steal what were very close rounds. Yeah, Eric Anders very was close. was winning this easily in the first round, um, and this Eric Anders is one of those lads who. You know, he played a lot of football, and I think he's he's kind of in a little bit of a football mentality when you're like twenty one points ahead, and oh, we'll you know we'll we'll wait back and we'll take a little bit easy, and then he starts getting beaten. You know, it's MMA is a lot different <laughs> on other sports. You can't be doing shit like that. And if like Gerald Marshart is a good fighter, but you know, Anders is a way better athlete. His skills look way better as well. And Marshart still could have won two rounds there. He definitely won one. Like you know, I think there's a Anders has to look at mentality, he has to look at his ability to keep doing what he's doing non-stop all the time, and I think he could, there, there's a good fighter in him, but there's a long way to go, I think, after last night, like, Gerald Marshart, he's an okay fighter, but, yeah, it's it's going to be tough. Um, Ryan Spann, Devin Clark, uh, Spancy singing, as I call him, going out looking like Francis, uh, coming out getting the submission after rocking Devin Clark, very good uh, win there. And then we have to talk about this Mike Davis-Thomas Gifford fight. This is the one where I thought Bisping was absolutely fantastic in commentary. He called it exactly as it was. Like in the first round, uh, if you, if you, anyone hasn't seen this fight, basically what happens was Mike Davis put an absolute 
beating on Thomas Gifford for two rounds, and it should have been stopped at the end of the second round. In the first round, I thought Gifford did enough, and I thought the referee did a good job uh, to, to let the fight go because he was still fighting. But after that, it became quickly obvious in, in maybe two, two to three minutes in the second round that uh, Gifford had absolutely had enough. He went back to his corner after the second round. Uh, they, they basically asked him, do you want to keep fighting? He was like, always, and they let him go back out. Then he kept more of a beating, more of a beating, more of a beating. It was tough for the referee, I think, because he kept fighting. And it was one of those situations where this was where a towel should have come in. You know, he should have been stopped at the end of the second round by his corner. But then a towel should have come in because he was just taking so much of a beating and kept fighting so the referee couldn't really stop it. There was a couple of opportunities. I think the referee probably should have stepped in and stopped it. But... And they took the referee off his his next fight, was which was, I thought, a little bit harsh. Because I'd, I'd 100% blame the coroner here. They, they should have taken him out. But this was... Uh, we talk a lot about it in MMA and also especially, uh, you know, with the, the whole Joe Carvalho thing about um, how... how um, there's a thin line in MMA between a fair fight and, you know... <sighs> it going over a fair fight and you have to be careful i'm not saying the joker value fight was that i'm saying because of that we think about it that we have to keep that line you know and this fight almost went over that line it probably did go over that line where it was no, no longer a fair fight it was just one guy taking a fucking beating uh and this fight should have been stopped the corner should have stopped it even you know i i, I said i said i wouldn't be harsh on the referee but he probably should have stopped it as well when he saw it getting that bad it was just horrendous. What did you think of it? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, there, I don't know why there's such a, a thing against the corner or the corners and just refuse to throw in towels sometimes. Um, I suppose they could make the argument that it's the ref's job, but it, it, it's their job to protect their, their fighter as well. Like, and if you're already so far in, in, in the hole, uh, judging wise, and there's no need to get face planted with 10 seconds to go, like, you know, it, it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. throwing the towel <laughs> like you're not gonna win this like yeah, and you'd you'd almost forget you, yeah you have to fall on his face like <laughs> before before anybody stops it like yeah and i like, i didn't even mention him getting fucking ko'd badly like so face planting yeah, on the ground like. exactly it, it was just horrendous and everyone said it should have been stopped before that and then he got face planted so it was, it was awful and as, as i mentioned you know bisping was absolutely brilliant <clears throat> he called it straight down the middle he said it should have been stopped he was like roaring at the corner referee to stop it and i think with, overall it was a very good night for michael bisping i think he was absolutely fantastic i'd love to see more of him brilliant is is pretty good as well um Davidson Figueiredo, he got a good submission win over Tim Elliott. Made it look easy, really, in, in the first round. Marlon Vera almost got uh, an arm triangle from the bottom and got a got a good win there. Uh, yeah, Figueroa, like, you know, Tim, Tim Elliott's an awkward guy and uh, yeah. he, he, he usually causes problems for a lot of people, including Demetrius Johnson. And, yeah, he made it look easy, you know. He just sunk in the guillotine real quick and that, that was it. Made it, like, it was very impressive. Mm-hmm, 100%. Uh, Miguel Baez, I got a win over Hector Aldana. Marvin Vittori looked good again. Beating Andrew Sanchez, who's a tough guy. And JJ Aldrich, one of my favourites. I like, like a bit of JJ Aldrich. He beat Lauren Muller, so a good... Uh, a good win there. It was the, I think it was like the second longest UFC card of all time. Lots of decisions there, but it didn't really drag for me. I thought there was a lot of good fights in it. I thought it was a, some good knockouts, some good finishes. The top two fights were obviously very one-sided, uh, but both went to a decision as well. So uh, I'm, I'm giving the main event. Uh, what would your rating be for the main event, Graham? What do you think? Mm, um, uh, 5.8. Oh, yeah, I'm giving it a 5.5. So that was, yeah, you're, cl- you're close enough. You're getting, you're getting good at the old ratings there, Graham. So, yeah, 5.5. It was, it was a good fight. Very one-sided. Uh, so that's why I, I give it that. Right. Um, let's move over here to the, the PFL. Um, Brendan Lachnan got a, a good win over Matt Wagey. This wasn't in their tournament or anything, so it was just kind of a, a showcase fight for for Lachnan. Or Lachnan, as they incorrectly call him, and he incorrectly calls himself. Um, <laughs> he just basically came in uh, through a lot of leg kicks, went forward, landed his shots. Matt Wagey didn't really have an answer for him, and it was a good you know three-round uh, tune-up fight basically to to showcase him for the for the PFL crowd. PFL turned on the the stream with like thirty seconds gone in the first round, which was a, b- a big Bellator move by him there. Maybe didn't get that get that going quicker in the next time around. But yeah, good win there for for Lachnan anyway. Nothing you know, nothing too uh, insane. He said fireworks are going to be seen on New Year's Eve, which I'm like, yeah, aren't they always seen on New Year's Eve? <laughs> but yeah, he'd be fighting on New Year's Eve again. 
Um, hater. Hater, in, indeed I am. Kayla Harrison. Definitely. Kayla Harrison got a win as well. Uh, and Armbar basically got to the clinch, threw uh, her opponent down and uh, got the armbar there. And the best laid plans of Mice and Min didn't go great here as Sarah Kaufman got beaten by Larissa Pacheco pretty easily. Just kind of destroyed her over three rounds and got the unanimous decision. So it's going to be Kayla Harrison versus Pacheco for, I believe, the belt or is it just a tournament? I'm not sure. But for the £155 uh, women's tournament in pfl anyway uh and then it was <laughs> the first... <laughs> what are you laughing at what's, what's so funny here just like the way you stumbled over that at the end there yeah the most mma thing of all time happened here do you hear about this chris curtis right he lost to magomed magomed karimov right uh took off his gloves laid him in, in the octagon right so this was a one night kind of tournament thing where you had to fight twice in one night uh so magomed magomed karimov got sick afterwards couldn't fight so chris curtis came out and fought again like two hours later after retiring <laughs> hashtag mma retirements <laughs> hashtag mma retirements and lost to ray cooper the most mma thing of all time like that's that's impressive like I, I like breaking the record of so many short retirements i didn't think w- 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 was possible but this is this is a new this is a new record it must be yeah. it's gonna be a hard one to beat but i'm I'm sure there'll be a <laughs> another incident of this in the future. There will be an incident. Uh, so Ray Cooper won that one and David Michaud won that one. So this is like the playoffs. I don't understand what the fucking crack is here. But something will be happening. Someone will fight someone and it'll be great fun. Right. Uh, Cage Warriors put on a, a pretty good card as well. Um, Sean Luther got a good win. Knockout over Martin McDonough. He looked like really quick hands, fast hands, knocked out Martin McDonough pretty quickly. Uh, Josh Reed, one of, a lad who's always in very, very exciting yeah. fights. Came back in choke, always fun as well. Yeah, and got, got a win. Uh, Chris Sterling got a win. A few more lads on the undercard as well. Uh, and the top two fights, uh, another Welsh prospect coming through, Oban Elliott. I believe he's 3 0 now. Looked really, really good here. A bit of a one-sided fight, fighting a, a boxer, uh, and he went to, right across the, the cage and took him down. But he looked good as well. I think he's a good prospect to look out for. And Mason Jones against uh, Alexi Mantiki... Man, I can never say Manvizvia. Alexi. A very good fight. Mason Jones is one of these lads, right, who's an unbelievable grappler with very good takedowns. But loves to go out there and just have a scrap and throw down, you know, over, over the first couple of rounds. But uh, at one, at some stage of every fight, he almost goes, "Ah, fuck it, I've had enough of that now." <laughs> and just takes it to the ground and and you know ends up destroying his opponent. But he's the type of prospect coming through that is the one you should be watching. You know, if Cron, Cron Gracie had a bit of uh, Mason Jones in him, he'd do unbelievably well because he he has ways of getting the fight to the ground and he's unbelievable on the ground. So a very, very, very good prospect coming through with Cage Warriors again. Uh, Graham Bylan was talking about holding him back a little bit, maybe not giving him the title yet, but, you know, and, and I trust Graham Bylan and Dean to do their job 100%. Well, I feel like he's almost ready now. I, I feel like Mason Jones is up there and... Uh, a very very good fighter. So I look looking forward to. Uh, have you yeah, like his first Jones? pro fight was against was against Sean Luther. Like you know who's mm. looking good against Mister Pink or Martin McDonough on this uh, on this card. So like it's not as if he's he's been slow played, but yeah, maybe like who can you give him? Who can you who who can, who can they give him? I know Ian Dean knows a lot more fighters than us, and he probably has. He he probably could name a lot of people, but yeah, it's it's it looks like you know either. Uh, a big fight against a big name or, or a title fight is, is next for him and he's a real prospect like obviously uh, you, you'd never really know until they until they do step up against these guys what what they're going to look like but he hasn't taken an easy road he's, he's young he's he has he obviously has that wrestling to fall back on even though he, as you mentioned he doesn't necessarily use it as much as maybe he should to get to get easy victories but you look at his you look at his uh, record and it's perfect so you can't really argue with the results, but maybe as he steps up to the, the higher, he'll need to implement his wrestling more. But it looks like he's going to be—he will be able to do that, mm-hmm. or should be able to do that. It'd be interesting to see, anyway. Yeah, hundred um, percent. All right, Bellator had a card as well over in Italy, and it was most of it was taped late. I think so. I didn't see it. I saw the the. Um, Yannick Bahati, Melvin Manhoof, and Melvin Han- Manhoof ended that pretty quickly with ground and pound. Just a vicious old school Melvin Manhoof ground and pound. 
absolutely brilliant. You know, he's a he's a fucking animal. And after I gave him chewing gum last week, I, I believe this is that's why it got him over the line. I heard the Vadim Nimkov Rafael Carvalho fight was really really good as well. Nimkov got the win there. Uh, Alessio Sakara got got back in with a win at two or five pounds. Stefan Paterno got a win. Uh, and there was uh, other wins for other people. Congratulations to all of them lads. Well played. Congratulations. Right. Risen also had a card. Uh, Fabio Maldonado got beaten up by a lad whose name I can't pronounce. Uh, Sohi Ham got back in the win column here with a big win. Johnny Chase got a win as well. And Patricia Pitbull beat uh, um, Kawajiri with a lovely flying knee and a bit of ground upon to, to finish it up there. So, obviously, you know, this... this um, Bellator rising thing. It's I think it's hit a few stumbling blocks. Maybe I think Bellator are doing a card over in Japan now, and I think Ryzen are doing a card like on the same night or something, and they're on about having one card after the other. But I'm not sure how well it's going at the moment. I suppose we'll we'll see over the next while. But you know, it's always fun to see lads like this going over and fighting other places. You know, you talked about it. Uh, who who's your man there a couple of weeks ago who fought the Bellator champion? He got oh, I remember Eduardo Dandis, uh, Tyson Nam fight. Tyson Nam, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a, you know we were always remember that because it was like oh look at the Bellator champion go fighting the guy and now it's happening pretty regularly so that's uh, you know that's pretty cool to see anyway but however right um, we talked about PFL we talked about Cage Warriors we talked about UFC we talked about Reason so one is the Your only one left Mighty yeah. Mouse still looking fantastic did you, you did you see this fight it was on like. It was only no, like four hours ago or something, so yeah. But uh, I, I managed to see it anyway. Look, he basically came out, and his opponent, uh, Danny uh, Kinyad, uh, in the <laughs> in the free fight blurb, you know, the interview before it, he was like, oh, I saw Demetrius Johnson against Henry Cejudo, and wrestling is the way to beat him. He got taken down and beaten. So Demetrius Johnson proceeded to come out, take him down for three rounds, and, <laughs> and destroy him on the ground, as only Demetrius Johnson can do. Looked back to his best here, looked fast. Uh, that, that fight against Cejudo, I remember we were talking about, he was just coming from uh, the shoulder surgery, and he didn't look his old self. He obviously still won that fight pretty handily. Uh, well, maybe not pretty handily, but he definitely won it on, on the judges' car, as it should have anyway. Um, uh, but he looked back here. He, he looked really good. And, you know, People talk a lot about shoulder surgery, how hard it is and how long it takes to come back from it. But he looked back to his best here. And I'd still love to see him fight in the UFC. It'd be fantastic. But there, he's 87 billion people watching him fight for one FC. So it's, I suppose it's not too bad. And he becomes... Uh, the bantamweight champion here, or the flyweight champion, which is actually at bantamweight, I think. So, um, fair play to Demetrius Johnson. Congratulations. He's still undefeated at flyweight, even though this is this is bant- bantamweight. Um, Angela Lee, she went in there and she got revenge uh, over Jinyan Zhang in a in a good fight. She got um, a submission, a rear naked choke with. 12 seconds to go in a five round fight so did did really well there she was winning the fight up until that point anyway uh so she is the still the adam weight or the i think it's adam weight but fought 115 pounds champion there uh janet todd got a lovely head kick ko um yushin okami got back into the win column as well there so um all around a good fight uh good f- few fights there at um at one fc one. one fc any crack with you anyway graham what do you what you think of all those fights over the weekend as i pull up next week's card yeah, it's a lot of a lot of a lot of fight cards going on, and it's just yeah, it's just a shame about Demetrius Johnson. You know, nobody maybe over in Asia they do care, but over here it seems that people don't even know he's fighting, and obviously he's such a you you always say he's the best pound for pound fighter in the world, and it's kind of <laughs> he's kind of fighting obscurity. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just strange. Yeah, it definitely is. There's actually another one FC card coming up this weekend. Shinya Aoki is fighting Bibiana Fernandez, fighting Kevin Bellignan, which should be a very good fight. Uh, Mauro Sorelli, who beat um, Carl Moore, I believe, is fighting Arjan Buller. Um, so you know they have, they have big plans for Arjan Buller. And there's someone else in that. Uh, uh, An Lung Sang is fighting Brandon Vera as well. So that should be a, that should be a fun fight. So not a not a bad card. Let's and I suppose we'll we'll see how that card gets on. Uh, maybe next week we can talk about it. Um, there's a PFL card as well next week. Uh, Lance Palmer is back on that. Uh, Andrew Harrison as well, who went undefeated there for a long time. Uh, Daniel Pineda versus um, Mudliv Kevlov. Uh, Ramsey Nijim is on the card as well. So not a bad card. Chris Wade, who we've known for a long time, down through the years. Um, there is another one card as well, although that's a week after, I suppose. We leave that, but uh, the big UFC card, and it's actually a pretty good card. You know, if you look down through it, if you go from the, the bottom up, we've Court McGee versus Sean Brady, Daniel Spitz is on the card, Kyle Bosniak, 
uh, is on the card. Monty McCann, who obviously we know from from uh, Liverpool, a good Everton fan, follows the right uh, right side. Of Liverpool, <laughs> uh, the, the relegation the captain was Everton. Sure they, they, won, they won the transfer window again, so that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, Charles Ross and Manny Bermudez are really looking forward to that fight. Darren Stewart versus Darren Wynn. Darren Wynn, if people don't know, he is the Daniel Cormier prospect. Uh, he beat Tom Lawler in that... Uh, that um, Tito Ortiz versus Chuck Liddell, Oscar De La Hoya card. So this guy is really good. He's tiny. Uh, he he fought at light heavyweight before. He's like five foot three or something like that. But a really really good wrestler who hits hard. Daniel Cormier style fighting out of AKA. So if you haven't heard of Dern Win yet, if you haven't seen his first fight, he this guy is a prospect. This is this guy is future champion sort of material. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll be able to. He you know even at middleweight, he's still a bit small. He's tiny like so. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on, but he uses his size well, gets inside well, and uh, Darren Stewart is a tough guy, you know, as we know, fighting, you know, around uh, the UK and, and over to the US, obviously, now for a good while, but, um, yeah, really looking forward to, to seeing that. Um, Macy Barber, as well, is back here, one of the top prospects of women's flyweight. She's fighting Gillian, and- uh, Gillian Robertson, Gillian Anderson, that's the one from X-Files, isn't it? Uh, but Gillian Robertson has been around for a good while as well, and she's uh, a tough fight for uh, for Macy Barber, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um Joe Lozon is fighting Jonathan Pierce. Joe Lozon coming back for the first time in 18 months. I watched a couple of Jonathan Pierce fights. Um, he hits hard. He's a good forward max art of fighter, but not the best fighter in the world. He'd probably beat Joe Lozon if Joe Lozon's looking old and he looks like a guy who hasn't fought in, since losing 18 months ago. So it'll be interesting to see where Joe Lozon is right now. Um, he's a guy who could probably lose and retire and come back in another 18 months but um let's, let's see how that gets on um greg hardy is fighting bin sasoli watch a couple of bin sasoli fights as well he's a guy who comes out you know very much mark hunt sort of style this was but not as good terrible takedown defense comes out hands low and looks for the big shot but that rarely works for him um i feel like greg hardy will just come across the cage and knock him out but sasoli has big shots he has power in his hands and he's accurate as well. So if he does land and Greg Hardy, it's a potential banana skin, but I don't think so. I think I think Greg Hardy, it, it'll look like another easy Greg Hardy matchup. He's a puncher chance to Soli, but not, not much more than that, to be honest. Um, and in the two big fights, Yair Rodriguez versus Jeremy Stevens, obviously, which we had a couple of weeks ago, but ended after 15 seconds with the eye poke. Saw Jeremy Stevens in Dublin, and he looked okay. So hopefully that eye is, is grand and all. Uh, and in uh, Dominic Reyes versus Chris Wyman. What do you think of Yair Ger- Rodriguez versus Jeremy Stevens? I suppose we could just copy and paste in what we said a couple of weeks ago on this, but it's cool that we can kind of get that fight so quickly again, isn't it? Yeah, it is good. Uh, you know, it was it was the kind of the, the main fight on that card, and it was very disappointing. And obviously, the crowd weren't happy drawing, drawing in all. The, I think nobody, like nobody, was happy. Jeremy Stevens didn't want it, and nobody wanted it to end that way. Like it was a, it was a, kind of a no brainer to put it back together. But it's good that it's so quick put back together. Obviously, that it's a good sign for Jeremy Stevens. I, uh, uh, I think in, in the fight it was Bisping on commentary. He said it was probably just an, his eyes spasming and refusing to open, and he probably called it right. But look at things if if Stevens is able to get back in so quickly, mm-hmm. yeah, I still call it the same way. I think it, it, Jeremy Stevens is obviously dangerous has power, but I think your Rodriguez is just just better. He's, yeah. he's more angled. He's 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 quicker. He's he, he's just uh, he just has to look out for that that. that Big power, Jeremy Stevens, especially early, but he sh- I think he should uh, he should have enough to, to win this. Yeah, I, I, look, I'm very Probably interested enough. to see it again. I think it should be a very, very fun fight. You know, Jeremy Stevens is not an easy out for anyone. He'd probably stay in there and take a lot of damage, and he has, you know, the hardest hitting 145-pounder in the world. He's lots of power, and as long as he's in there, he has the power to knock someone out. So it's a very interesting fight. I'm really looking forward to it. It's one of those fights that it's, it's tough to know how it'll actually go in terms of Will Jeremy Stevens be able to cut him off and land a big shot? Or will Yair Rodriguez just force Jeremy Stevens to run around after him? I feel like he'd force him to run around after him and maybe pick him off a little bit. But Jeremy Stevens will land his shots unless you know unless he gets knocked out and it ends after fifteen seconds again. Um, but I think it'll be a really really fun fight. This is the sort of one I'm just looking to sit back and, and enjoy it. I think it'll be really fun. But uh, the main event then: Dominic Reyes versus Chris Weidman. Yeah, moving up to to light heavyweight, like it's hard to know how he's going to look. Like he, since that Luke Rockall fight, Weidman's just not looked the same at all. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's a huge wake up. I don't think that was the, that was the issue, but maybe it was. Maybe he was cutting a lot of weight. Maybe he's able to work more on his skills now that he's 
at 205 but it's a, it's a tough introduction to 205 like uh, we like we kind of we don't we, like that split decision against Ozdemir and that decision against OSP um, show that Dominic Reyes is, is definitely a handful but but it's, it's hard to know if he's if he's upper echelon or, or can get there but um, I think he's going to have too much for Weidman here like uh, I just don't think Weidman is upper echelon anymore and he, he's unproven at 205 and these are big guys it's 20 pound it's not a 10 pound gap it's a yeah. 20 pound gap from middleweight to, to light heavyweight and mm-hmm. these guys have a lot of power as well and Weidman's taken a lot of damage uh, over the years especially in that, that Rocco fight so uh, yeah, I think Reyes I go with Reyes here but um, yeah I think Reyes will will, will... see with Weidman like he he does have like a lot of skills like you know Mm -hmm. like if we look back a few years like he he beat Anderson Silva like you know twice Uh, you know people can say what they want about that but he did like Mm -hmm. um, Anderson Silva was this untouchable guy he definitely he's definitely no mug Weidman but it just it just hasn't been happening for him he's looked just over the hill and he hasn't looked the same fighter as that. It's hard to pick him to to come back to that. To that, and I think he's going to need a, the best performance he's had. He's had in a long time if he's if he's going to do well. If he's going to win here and do well at he, uh, light heavyweight, mm-hmm. I I think this is a very winnable fight for him if he has the right game plan. Um, watching some of Dominic Reyes's fights, he doesn't have great takedown defense. Now, when he gets taken down, he's a very good scramble. He gets to the cage and gets straight back up. He's very good in that position. But Chris Weidman is is good on top, very, very good on top. If he goes straight across the cage, puts Dominic Reyes against the cage and takes him down and gets on top, I think he could win the fight. But if he doesn't do that, I, I agree with you. I think Reyes will just have too much for him on the feet in terms of power. Uh, I think Weidman is a better technical striker than Reyes. I think his jab is very good. He throws shots down through the middle. He's good at cutting off the cage. Uh, he's good on top as well. He's good. He's good takedowns. Like Weidman's a very, very good fighter. He's as you said, his skills are there. He's all the skills, uh, but his chin is not amazing anymore. Uh, his cardio is not as good as it once to, once was. His defensively, I suppose, is his biggest issue as well. When you're talking about skills, he throws his hands a lot and it leaves him open. I was we saw in the Jackeray fight, especially now he was taking a few shots before that as well. But Jackeray caught him with a big shot as he was throwing. Uh, but I suppose the fight was kind of almost. Well, maybe not over at that stage, but he was in trouble at that stage, at least. Um, but yeah, Weidman hasn't looked the same in the last last while. And when you look at Reyes, then he throws hard. But the, that Weidman that went out like against Mark Munoz, and Mark Munoz didn't land a strike, and yeah, the guy who beat Anderson. So they're just, it doesn't seem like that's the same guy. He doesn't seem to have that in him anymore. I, the only thing I can think of is the, the Luke Rockall thing because, fight because not being called or taking way too much damage in that fight maybe it's something else maybe it's a it's a number of things but it seems like around that time it, it just kind of all started to fall apart as a as a very top level fighter yeah a few people fell, fell apart around that time um but yeah dominic reyes <laughs> as i said he he's kind of it's funny they're i think they're kind of the perfect guys to beat each other dominic reyes throws hard in sports throws big power very very athletic as i said good in the scrambles but not with get great takedowns gets a bit tired too so maybe if weidman can outlast him uh weidman is not the best carry in the world either uh, recently he had before um but it's it's you know i i think reyes will win but i wouldn't i wouldn't be betting on him at all i really wouldn't be betting on him i think chris weidman has ways to win this fight i think if he can go across the cage and take him down early uh, he probably will end up winning, um, but you know, as, I, you know, as you said, you, you know, you look at say someone like Anthony Pettis who got the shit beat out of him by Rafael dos Anjos, and he's never really come back to looking great. You know, he got that great win over Wanderby with a great knockout blow and stuff, but he's he just never looked the same. Chris Weidman, he okay, he got a good win over Kelvin Gaston, no, make no mistake about it. But when you get to the top as well, um, after taking such a beating like that as well, it's it's tough to stay at the top, and then it's tough to like rebound and get back to yourself after taking such a horrendous beating, uh, like he did against Luke Rockall. So, you know, will two or five make a difference? Will the weight cut? You know, he's always had tough weight cuts. You know, I suppose we always look back at the Damian Maya one where he took it on short notice and had to cut like fucking thirty five pounds in eighteen days or whatever it was or less even, and he managed to get that. But he's always been a big one eighty five er. Um, I remember talking on the podcast years ago about him moving to 205 um, and maybe he's I think he's maybe lost a bit of size and stuff since then um, 
But it'll be interesting to see how he, he looks here and interesting to see how he looks size-wise as well against Reyes. I feel like Reyes is going to be much, much bigger than him. Um, but until you get in there, I suppose, it's it's tough to, to know it, but just by the way they fight and the way they slouch and move, I suppose. So let's see uh, let's see how it goes there. Anyway. Right, I think that's... I think that's pretty much everything we've we've talked about here. You forgot Man United, did you? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Uh, I haven't. I, I actually, what do, what, what do you think? If you had a free bet, uh, uh, even odds, yeah. a million euro, Man United to finish in the top ten or the bottom ten in the Premier League this year I'd or say, this uh, season? I. Mm. I'd say top 10 because there's a lot of shit teams out there. Like, there's a lot of rubbish. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they finished bang. I wouldn't be surprised if they got relegated. Like, they, they don't have a flair to score goals. They don't have midfield. The only thing I think that'll save them is For that... Fred, 50 million. Fred. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that'll save Pogba, them is... 80 million. A very good him. goalkeeper. Two good centre-backs. If Luke Shaw can get back... Yeah, hey, uh, is he the good goalkeeper you're talking about? Uh, Romero. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Your man Longstaff passed the ball down the middle of the goal and the hay was nowhere near it. Yeah. He was good though. I like that Matty Longstaff. Good player. Good, good, good. Yeah, Man United probably signed both of them. Yeah. <laughs> They're wouldn't unsure be, which one is good. Wouldn't be any worse. Wouldn't be any worse than the fucking shit to have there right now. McCominay, is he not the future now? He's fucking he's alright. McCominay, he's the future. You have eighty million Pogba, the best thing since sliced bread, and you have Fred. What about Fred? What was the best thing before sliced bread? That's what I want to know. Unsliced bread. Unsliced bread. Oh, loaf bread is way nicer than sliced bread, though, isn't it? Are you, is that just a culture thing, or do you like that in Dublin as well? A bit of loaf bread, cut it off. It's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, um, I wouldn't be that big of a sliced bread either. I'd be more of like a, a roll or baguette or yeah, something like that. Beer, like. Yeah. yeah, The best thing since a hot chicken roll. I think. Wait, you're trying to talk about anything but Man United, are you? <laughs> I am, yeah, fuck that. Man United, Liverpool. We're talking about Liverpool yeah. bread. We were going to do a live stream, but it'd be very hard to sync it up, I feel like. Um, yeah, we so, can just do you, or we can cut it up. Live reactions to, to Liverpool scoring against yeah, Man United. We get like fifty more people on Patreon. Sure, if I end up being nil all, it'll be the worst thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> I hope against hope it'll be like it's. Uh, I honestly think this is going to be like six seven nil to, to Liverpool. It like it can't oh, be anything on. but it. Like United are fucking shit, absolutely shit. Oh my god, we're sure. horrendous. Like sure, a few a few a few weeks ago, there you beat Chelsea four nil, and you were you were loving it. Yeah. It was the, it was the, the new dawn. Mm. Yeah. But like yeah, the other, yeah, the Premier League's crazy this no, year. No, <laughs> like, Liverpool have a one like already. Further, further to being relegated than they are to Liverpool already. Yeah, Liverpool have the like. I I find it funny how Liverpool fans are like oh, afraid to say they've won the league now, even though everyone See, the knows they is, have. The thing is, you got to go off to this World Club Championship thing and the. Man City are going to be probably catch up in points if not not in games but you're going to have like you know potential like obviously did really well to to keep the Premier League winning streak going um, to not lose the season with Alisson being injured in the first half of the first game like that's a huge blow like you know when that happened it was a lot of people were saying oh that's that's it's Man City's now like and and now it's kind of changed all the ports out it's it's Liverpool's but you know Maddop is, is injury prone he's injured again at the moment Alisson hopefully can come back from an injury and not get injured again and yeah, like all, all you are Liverpool squad is nowhere near as deep as Man, as Man City's and Man City are struggling for positions so all it takes is a couple of injuries a couple of bad refereeing decisions and, and then it comes it comes down also to the, the six points that's available when Man City play Liverpool like it's definitely not over yet like you know it isn't you've seen we've seen bigger leads than this go before with less games left in the league mm. No, I think it's done. I, I really think it's over. I, like Man City are, Man City are well capable of going on like a yeah, twenty we've never, twenty game win streak. There's now. never been a season like last season where the two teams were just so utterly, you know, dominant. And it's very hard to see how both of those teams fucked that up. Like, okay, Liverpool, Van Dijk could get injured, Allison get injured, and then you know they'll they'll be fucked. Now you know Allison got injured and they haven't Mane, been fucked. Mane so. got injured or, yeah, or Firmino got injured or they haven't been getting injured over the last couple of years. There's obviously yeah, but like you know uh, Salah just got taken out by a ludicrous tackle there in the Leicester game, and the guy only gets a yellow card, and that could have been that could have been you know yeah, that could have been a little bit, we're talking little about, bit different. Uh, it could have been yeah. six months out. But we're talking about absurd things here like that. Uh, you know he could be out for a year. Anyone could be out for a fucking year. Like you know, and it's been happening to Man City and it's not been happening to Liverpool. So like. 
this is it's over. Well, like you know, Oxley Chamberlain was out for a year after he banged in a couple of goals against Man City, like in the huge games, and uh, Naby Corrida has been pretty much injured like all season. Like these are these are really good players. Like obviously Liverpool have coped better than Man City have coped. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, Vincent Company not being there is is big, but he obviously was a shadow of his former self as well. Like, I don't think he'd be the solution to all these problems. He wouldn't be able to play like eight games in a row or whatever on a, on a quick schedule more than likely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, like you get a couple of injuries to the wrong places. For example, if, you know, if Robertson wants to get injured, then Milner has to play left back and then you don't have any options in midfield because mm-hmm. Kyde is injured the whole time. Like things can change very quickly with a couple of injuries. Like you remember that Man United game last, last year where everybody was just getting injured every 10 seconds. Like one of them games happens yeah. and you're half your squad's injured. Mm. Uh, yeah, I like so the way you're spinning this. Over. You've won. Congratulations. Anyway, we must do, we'll probably do um, a Patreon soccer podcast this week. We said we'd do it there last week. So we'll, we'll actually do like a preview of Man United Liverpool this week. I'm putting this down in fucking in stone now so we have to do it so graham get get ready like windsor to do it right everybody thanks very much for listening really appreciate it you're great bunch of lads and all that's left to do and ladies uh is give the inspirational quote of the actually i met like f- 10 ladies at bellador last day i was like oh i'm a woman i listen to your podcast <laughs> you mustn't see many of us and i was like actually <laughs> i've seen a few over the last couple of days it was it was, it was fantastic thanks very much um so I don't know why I said that, but fine. Um, Inspiration quote of the week. Those who follow the crowd usually get lost in it. We'll see you next Sunday, probably. Or Tuesday. Or Monday. Good luck.